Baptist Church. This morning is great to see everyone as we are gathered to worship our King Jesus Christ. I'd like to start our worship service by the reading of scripture. This is Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 through 7. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. God, you are infinitely gracious to us, Lord, because of the work of Jesus and what he has done for us. Your infinite grace is because the price that Jesus paid was infinite in that our sins could, by ourselves, we could not atone for. It took the work of Christ to do that. So, Lord, we give praise to you. We thank you for the blood of Jesus shed for us. Lord, we be prepared to worship you this morning and give you all the glory and praise. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good morning, church. Let's stand together this morning as we sing our praises for the infinite grace that he has shown us through Christ. Sing Who Breaks. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory. The King above all kings Who shakes the whole earth With holy thunder Who leaves us breathless In awe and wonder The King of glory The King above all kings Sing it together This is amazing grace This is unfailing that you would take my place that you would bear my cross you laid down your life that I would be set free oh Jesus I sing for all that you've done for me Sing together this morning who brings our chaos who brings our chaos back into order who makes the orphan a son and daughter the king of glory the king of glory who rules the nations with truth and justice shines like the sun in all of his brilliance the king of glory the King above all kings. Oh, 
Oh, this is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. That I would be set free. I sing, Lord, all that you've done for me. We declare together he's worthy. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who is slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who is slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Oh, this is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross, you laid down your life, that I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. All that you've done for me. Amen. You can be seated for a moment. We are so thankful that you're with us this morning. Whether you're joining us here in person or online, we want to say welcome to you. And we are glad that you have chosen to worship with us this morning. If you're a guest with us, if you're new here, maybe your first time or uh, your first time in a while. Whether Again, whether you're here or maybe this is your first time watching with us online. We want to encourage you to connect with us. If you're in person, we've got a perforated tab on our bulletin. We hope you got one of those at our Welcome Center as you came in. We just ask that you fill that out and you can drop it in one of the black boxes located in the back of our sanctuary at the Welcome Center on your way out. If you're online, you can just comment on this post and say, I'm new. And uh, we'll have someone reach out to you with a private message shortly and uh, get uh, some more information from you and connect with you as best that we can in a digital fashion. We are so thankful that you're here. We're excited about all the things that are going on. We hope you're paying attention to uh, your bulletins and, and the screens as you come in. Uh, VBS starts tomorrow. Uh, and uh, we've got just a lot of, of, of uh, great things that are that are coming up here at Broadway that we want you to be a part of and stay connected to. As we continue together in worship this morning, uh, if we look a little bit earlier in that passage that uh, Zach just read, just a couple of verses earlier, Paul describes us before Christ. He says that we were dead in our transgressions and our sins and uh, that we followed our flesh and, and the, the ways of, of the power of the air. And uh, church, if we're honest, if I'm honest with you, sometimes I still want to act like that. And so this week, uh, as we come together this morning, we're going to spend some time and simply uh, come before the Father in a, in a humble and broken spirit, like David describes in Psalm 51. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for your amazing grace. We thank you that you came, that you died for us, that we could live forever with you. But God, we confess this morning that 
we haven't loved you like we should. We haven't loved our neighbor as ourselves. Father, we have sinned against you. And so, God, we thank you that as we come to you together this morning and we confess that to you, Lord, you are faithful to forgive us yet again. God, your word tells us that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, Lord, we thank you for that cleansing that we received this morning through the blood of Jesus. God, we love you. We praise you for who you are, and we are so thankful for the salvation that we have in you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. As we continue to worship together this morning, a couple verses later in Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, Paul tells us that it's by grace we've been saved through faith. It's a gift of God, not of ourselves, that we can't boast. And so this morning we sing, in Christ alone our hope is found, because we were hopeless without Jesus Christ. Would we stand and sing together this morning as we continue to worship? In Christ alone my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground. Firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are still, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all. Here in the love of Christ I stand. Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless pain, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save, till on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied for every sin on him was laid here in the death of Christ I live let's sing about the resurrection there in the ground his body lay light of the world by darkness slain then bursting forth Glorious day, up from the grave he rose again, and as he stands in victory, since curse has lost its grip on me, for I am his and he is mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or call 
calls me home. Here in the power of Christ, I'll stand till He returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ, I'll stand. Amen. You can be seated. Ephesians 2, verses 19 through 22. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. Let's sing together this morning. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Let's sing that again, my hope. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Sing it together. Christ alone. Cornerstone, weak, made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. Let's sing together. When darkness seems hide his face I rest on his unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within the veil my anchor holds within the veil Stand and sing with us this morning, Christ alone. Christ alone, quarter stone, weak, made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, He's Lord of all. 
thank you for the cornerstone that we have in Christ, the stone that the builders rejected. Lord, we thank you that we are rooted and grounded in your love. God, we thank you for your steadfast faithfulness. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. All right. We are going to have children's sermon here. Miss Sherry Lyons is going to a lead our children's sermon for VBS. So if you are a child and you are here between birth and fifth grade, now just like Price is Right, you come on down, run up here on the, um, uh, up on the stage, and then afterwards we have our, our, our gifts for you. See, we're going to set up some microphones. How are you all doing this morning? Good? Do you know what's going to happen this week? What is it? VBS. It's going to be a little different than normal, isn't it? It's going to be virtual VBS. That means online. You're right. So it starts tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. for the preschoolers and 10 a.m. for the elementary age. And even if you didn't pick up a box, then you can still watch it, okay? And you can participate, all right? Well, I have a little story today that's going to, you're going to learn more about that this week in Bible school. 
So there once was a man that had lots of money. He had all the money in the world. So he bought a boat, and he sailed across the sea because he knew that that would make him happy. He had all the money in the world, but he thought a boat might make him happy. But it didn't. You know, boats can crash. Boats can quit working. So he decided to buy a house, and he thought that would make him happy, but it didn't. Even the big people out here know that houses don't make you happy. There's always something that goes wrong with a house, and it always costs us lots of money, doesn't it? So he decided he would buy a jet airplane, and he would fly around the world. And that would make him so happy flying around the world. But you know what? Did it make him happy? No, it didn't. So one day he went into a small town and he landed with his big jet airplane in the small town. And he saw on the corner there was a church. The church was sitting there. And the people coming out of the church were happy. They were laughing and just having a big time. And he thought, what makes them so happy? I have all the money. I have a jet airplane. I have a big house. I have a boat. But they're happy and I'm not. So he went up to those people and he said, what makes you so happy? And they said, well, all the money in the world won't make you happy. And all the possessions of the world won't make you happy. We have this that makes us happy. What is that? A cross. And you know what? Jesus died on that cross to give us something. And you're going to learn more about this this week in Bible school. You are going to learn... And you have a bracelet down here that's going to tell you also. You are going to learn that you can have life forever. You can have life forever. Because Jesus died on the cross for our sins, didn't he? And we can ask Jesus to forgive us for our sins. And we can ask Jesus into our hearts. And we can live forever in heaven with him. Right? Okay. You're going to learn more about that this week in Bible school. So would anyone like to close us in prayer? In Jesus' name. But I thank you for this day that you made us to go to church to worship you. And that tomorrow is going to be another awesome day to worship you, Lord. In Jesus' name, tasking amen. Thank you. You can get a bracelet, and they are glow-in-the-dark bracelets. And it tells you, with Jesus' power, he lets us live.
Thank you, Miss Sherry. First Peter chapter one says in verse three, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is unperishable, undefiled and unfading kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And so church this morning, we rest in the already happened of our salvation. We rest in the finished work of Christ on the cross, but we also long for Christ's return. We long for the not yet, and we long for God to call us home into our completed salvation. And so this morning we sing together as believers that we have a living hope in Christ. Would you sing with us? Let's stand together as we sing. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken. I am forgiven, the King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ. My living 
resurrection of your son Jesus. God, we praise you for all that you're doing in our lives and all that you have done here this morning. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. In the order of service, we had Brother Hurd sharing an offertory prayer. And I'm going, to, I'm going to lead us in that prayer. He actually fell this morning. He was coming up these stairs right here, right before the service began, and he tripped, and he skinned up his arm, and uh, he was bleeding. He's going to be okay, but he went on home with that. So I do, I'll lead us in a, in a word of prayer for Brother Hurd, for his healing and for him to be okay. You know, he does such a wonderful job doing, as he calls, telephone ministry. I'm sure you all hear from him. He tries to call everybody in church within a week or two. So he keeps, uh, that's his ministry, and it's a tremendous blessing uh, to all of us. He calls myself as well. So I do, we'll pray for him, as well as those online can join us in praying for him and for him to be, to be okay. And just thank you also for his ministry. God, we thank you for Brother Hurd Marguerite. We just pray for him as he hurt his arm, skinned himself up, uh, falling here, coming to church. Lord, 88 years old, he's so faithful. And so many other folks his age are staying inside. They're not getting out. He is serving. He's officiating funerals. He's doing the ongoing ministry 
of 60 plus years of serving you. And Lord, I do pray for him. I thank you for how much he means to me. I also pray that you just help heal him. And um, Lord, the other folks here who are struggling with sickness, those that have dealt with death, those that are battling uh, difficult days during this unique season. Lord, we pray that your presence, that your um, power is upon us. And Lord, I just pray that we just uh, remember that you answer prayer and we're diligent in calling out to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you were not here this past Wednesday, we had a really an outstanding time of prayer. We had an urgent night of prayer this past Wednesday. A lot of different folks participated in it. And I do want to encourage you, if you weren't here, we upload it on Facebook. So you can go back and look in the videos from this past Wednesday and look at it. As well as um, many of us, I'm actually a podcast listener because that's audio. That way, every time I'm in the car, I've always got the podcast playing or anything I'm doing, the podcast is playing. And we have, uh, we're on all our churches, all the worship services are on the podcast channels as well. So you, now podcast, for those that don't know, that's just audio. There's no video with that. If you just want to listen to that, I think it's a very powerful, it's about two hours long. So uh, do, I wanted to just remind you all about that, just a powerful time of prayer that you can participate in, a variety of different topics with nine of prayer with that. If you have your Bibles, and hopefully you bring your Bibles to church on Sunday morning, as well as our online audience, you need to open up your Bible to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, as well as John chapter 6. So we will be in the Gospel of John this morning. For those that are online, we make an online bulletin. So somebody, if you don't mind sharing it, attach it there so folks can uh, uh, access our uh, bulletin so you can see some things, as well as share a link that certainly be able to give. Your faithfulness goes towards reaching our community and beyond. We're still able to do events such as online VBS, even in these most unique circumstances. Why? Because you, you give. And I want to share, too, one of the great things you all do and what means so much, and Brother Hurd tells me this as well, when you call other people and check on them, when you uh, send them a text, an email, just letting them know uh, that, you, th that they are on your mind, that goes a long way. So think about folks in your Sunday school class. Think about folks who are maybe used to sit next to you in the pews and folks you used to see here and you just haven't heard from them past several months. That would be a prime opportunity for you to let them know that, hey, you were just on my mind. You don't really have to have an agenda to say anything. You're just, you were just thinking of them. So uh, that, that type of one-on-one -on -one personal ministry is really, during this time period, is what folks are certainly turning to and what folks need to be hearing. We are going through a sermon series this summer on the disciples. And I think the reason why is, for one reason, um, uh, I think... You know, I, I listen to other preachers, and back in like April, every single sermon was about crisis, change. Um, it was about uh, what, what do you do when life falls apart? How do you remain stable during unstable times? I mean, if you go back and look at any preacher in America, the, the months of April and May, all they're talking about is the same thing, crisis. So... 
you know, in June, I'm praying about it, says, you know, everybody in the world's hurt enough of crisis, pandemic, that stuff. We all know where that. We need to be studying. Jesus invested in these men. So I wanted to preach a sermon series. Felt led to preach a sermon series that, that did not have to do anything to do with crisis or pandemic. That so you can actually study and see what the Word of God says, how he took these 12 men and he poured his life into them. And I believe even during this period of uh, crisis and pandemic, if that's what we are living in, you can still grow and thrive as a disciple of Jesus Christ. There is no need for you not to be growing spiritually in your faith with the Lord. No excuse for that. We're going through this summer, we're looking at these different disciples, and we're going to come to two. I suspect two that you don't know a lot about. It's Philip and Nathaniel. Philip and Nathaniel aren't mentioned very much in Scripture, and unfortunately when they are mentioned, it's not very positive, uh, their, their stories. And we're going to look at this here in John chapter 1. And the title of this is, goes on with broken team, and the reason why these men were broken, meaning they did not have it all together. Their lives in many ways struggled, but Jesus took people, he took broken people, he took fallen people, and he invested in them, he built a team out of them for them to grow closer to him and then take the gospel on to the uttermost parts of the earth. So John chapter 1, verse 43. Look what your Bible says here. The next day, now what happened here is Jesus is calling his disciples. He, re- he, re- got ba- he was received baptism. And so all of a sudden he's building his team at this point. And now we're getting to the next day. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. He had been down in Jordan River, not far from Jericho, and about central southern part of Israel. He's, he went north. And he finds this man named Philip. And he goes up to him. This is the gospel call. This is what Jesus speaks to you and I. He says, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida. Bethsaida is a Galilean town, the same little village community right there where Andrew and Peter are from. And it's from Bethsaida, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and so did the prophets. Jesus, the son of Joseph, from Nazareth. Okay, understand what happened here. We approach Philip. Follow me. Philip starts following Jesus. Philip had a, a friend, acquaintance, that he knew named Nathaniel. And apparently, Nathaniel knew the scriptures well enough that Jesus or, or, um, F- or, or Philip could approach him and say, Hey, we found, I know you know the Bible. I know you know the scriptures. We found the Messiah. You know the prophets? Here he is. And look at Nathaniel's response. So he, he told him, he's Jesus, the son of Joseph, from Nazareth. And his, his answer in verse 46. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathaniel asked him. Guys, that's like... You know, here we are in Lexington, we're UK fans, and you come to church, and I say, next Sunday, we're going to have this awesome preacher. He really has been anointing from God. He's from Louisville, 
And he even works for Louisville, University of Louisville and is a huge Cardinal fan. I mean, just diehard Cardinal. Y'all are just going to love him. I mean, just anointed by the Lord. And you hear that, and you think, okay, you like the anointed by the Lord part. You're all for, hey, you know, we love Jesus. But why don't you have to include that he works at Louisville, and he goes to every Cardinal game back when folks used to be able to go sporting events, and he lives in Louisville, and he's just, like, that's our, that's our opponent. And I want to tell you why Nathaniel responded that way. Nathaniel was from this little town called Cana. Cana is actually the next chapter where Jesus performed his first miracle. He turned water into wine. Nathaniel, it, the near, it's, its nearby village was Nazareth. So if they played football back then, the, their rivalry will be Cana versus Nazareth. So when all of a sudden you live, you're from Cana and you hear about the Messiah is coming from this little dinky town named Nazareth. Nazareth was a small, small town. That's your rival. And here is your friend bragging about your rival. You're like, I've been to Nazareth. Nothing good comes from Nazareth. That's similar to us saying, there aren't any good preachers in Louisville. There's nothing good that comes out of university. It's our enemy. That's who we beat. That's who we, we, we gang up on. And that's the type of response. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? As if this reputation, all of a sudden, he wrote off, Nathaniel wrote off Jesus based on his background. All right, keep going here. And all Philip says is, come and see. Then Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, verse 47, and said about him. So now, now remember, Nathanael has never met Jesus. And here comes Jesus. And Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said about him. Look what he says here. Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. That was kind of a borderline cut, not cut down, but just kind of a cute comment Jesus made. What he's doing is, remember, Nathaniel's already put down Jesus, and they haven't even met each other from where he's from. And then here comes Nathaniel saying, hey, look, here comes an Israelite. Here comes a true Jew you won't find any problems with. Here's a pure, holy man. That's kind of what Jesus said about Nathaniel. And look what Nathaniel says. How do you know me? Nathaniel asked. Like, how dare you talk about me about that? You don't even know who I am. And then Jesus says, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Meaning, I heard what you said about me. I knew your little comment about me being from Nazareth. Now look at all of a sudden, he revealed to Nathaniel his, his knowledge of him. Rabbi, Nathaniel replied, you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel. Now, for a man who just cut down someone because he was from Nazareth, all of a sudden now he has confessed him as the son of God, and the king of Israel, 
That's a pretty bold statement Nathaniel made. We almost have to say, okay, do you believe it? Do you really? Do you, you confessed Jesus here, being the Son of God, because I told you I saw you under a fig tree. Is that saving faith? Is that what saves your soul? Is Nathaniel ready to be a disciple? And he goes on to say, verse 50, Jesus responded to Nathanael, Do you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? It's almost like Jesus, he, he right away, he knew you, you don't believe yet. Yeah, in your mind, I'm just a prophet, I'm a king. Because I told you that I saw you under a fig tree when Philip approached you. But look at this, you will see greater things than this. And I think that's what Jesus speaks to us this morning. You, you might be impressed by the miracle, but you will see greater things. Then he said, truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Meaning, you're going to see a glimpse, Nathaniel, of something because I know you know the Old Testament. And you remember Jacob's ladder with the angels going up and down the ladder, that's what it's going to be like when you see the power of God, when you see the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. It will be like Jacob, one of the fathers of our faith, having a vision of the Lord. So what happened here in regards to Philip? Philip follows Jesus. He goes and he tells his friend, Nathaniel. Nathaniel doesn't believe him. And all he comes and says is come and see. Can't really answer many questions about Jesus when he's challenged about where he's from. He just says, come and see. This is probably the most positive thing about Philip in the scriptures because Philip let us down later on. Keep your finger here in John chapter 1. And those online, flip over as well to John chapter 6. Look what happens with Philip. We're going to look at these two men. Philip was tested by Jesus. John chapter 6, verse 4. Verse 4 says, This is the feeding of the 5,000. Now the Passover, a Jewish festival, was near. So when Jesus looked up and noticed a huge crowd coming toward him, he asked Philip, now understand, a Passover has brought a lot of people into Jerusalem. And this monster crowd is right there. And Jesus sees all these people. And he looks at Philip. Remember, the same one that brought, told Nathaniel about being a disciple. And he asked this question, Where will we buy bread so that these people can eat? Where are we going to get enough food to serve all these people that we're teaching? That is almost like you are having this big party at your house. You've invited some folks over back before coronavirus season. And more people came than you cooked for. And you need to feed them, and they're hungry. 
and you just do not have enough. So you're in a position where I'm not going to be able to meet these needs. I'm not going to be able to serve enough food. Have you ever run out of food? Have you ever not had enough to help meet the needs? Well, that's what Jesus is about to do. He's saying, we've got all these people we're teaching. I'm showing them we want to be good hosts. They're getting hungry. They're in town for the Passover, but they're learning about the Messiah. They're learning about me. And he asks Philip this question. And it says in verse 6, he asked this to test him, for he himself knew what he's going to do. He's, he knows he's going he's to bless the five loaves and two fish, and he's going to feed all these people. But he wants to see what will Philip do when God asks something of you, when God tests you, when God wants to measure your faith. Look how Philip responded to him. Philip said in verse 7, Philip answered Jesus, 200 denarii worth of bread wouldn't be enough for each of them to have a little. Meaning, Jesus, we don't have enough money in the bank account. We don't have enough money in my wallet. Judas hasn't, he's not carrying enough in his money bags to go and buy enough food to meet all of these needs. Philip gave a practical excuse. He's there with the Son of God, the man that just raised people from the dead, who said, I'm the bread of life. And you just told me that we can't meet this need. You've witnessed me turn water into wine. You've witnessed me heal people. But we cannot meet hunger needs. And I believe what we see from Philip and what's important for us is we are just like him. When God tests our faith. Now listen, if he's going to test Philip's faith, he's going to test your faith. A test of the faith is when we have to answer the question, do I believe God can change my life? Do I believe God can remove this sin I'm struggling with? Do I believe God can change America? Do I believe God can all of a sudden develop me into a disciple? Listen, a lot of us, we have given up on our country. You turn on the news, you hear crazy stories, and you just throw your arms up and you go, what on earth is going on? Everything has become corrupted. Everything has changed. No one seems to be honoring the Lord anymore. No one seems to be turning to Jesus and crying out to Him. It's easy for us to look at our surrounding things and look at the corruption, look at the absurdity, look at whatever's going on, the coronavirus, out of control, the pandemic, and just make excuses to blame others, to become a Philip where we become a Debbie Downer and find ourselves complaining about everything. 
everything. You can easily, easily do it right now. It seems like there's nothing positive going on. Guys, I want you all to remember. Do you know the Bible says that God is the one who makes kings rise and fall? God is the one that builds up nations and brings them down. The whole Old Testament is the story of Israel. When they turned to the Lord, God blessed them. He rose, they raised up. And then when they began to worship the cultural idols, and I tell you, we have cultural idols all around us. What happened? They fell. God would send a prophet, call them to repentance. They rejected the prophet. They killed the prophet many of time, the people of Israel, God's people. And God allowed the Assyrians, these foreign countries, come and wipe them out. This was the cycle of the entire Old Testament. That's all the Old Testament is about, along with the law that they didn't keep anyway. Until Jesus came. And he's coming to test you and I. Many of us are failing the test. We're responding. We look around. We're like Philip. We look around and go, how on earth is revival going to happen? Kids don't even get, or, or, might not even go to school. There might not even be sports. Things aren't open. They might close down again. You wear these things everywhere. It's a, fi a mass fight everywhere you go. We're in political discord. There's lack of trust in every single institution and corruption in America. And it's, it's easy for us to become Philip and we become cynical, we become practical, and we become negative, and we just say, Jesus, 200 bucks wouldn't feed these folks. So we might as well just send them home, and let's just go on back to Galilee. Because we can't meet these needs. It's too great of a problem. Do you feel like your problem, the world's problems, the U.S. problems are too great? That is what Philip responded like. And God is speaking to you and I, and he's saying, here's a test. What are you going to do? Do you know if you and I were Navy SEALs, not that we are, but if we were, you might have heard the statement that we rise to the challenge. And that sounds good. But the Navy SEALs do not want to tell their people, and Navy SEALs are the elite, elite group within, within the Navy, the SEALs team. They do very specialized missions. What they do is they teach them. They say, you don't rise to the challenge. Listen to this. You fall to your training. There's a huge difference. It's hard to rise up during a pandemic and crisis. So what do we do? When, when we're faced with something that Philip is faced like, and the test comes, and we're being tested right now as believers, it's easy to fall out of church. I want to tell our online folks, some of you have fallen out of church if you're watching. You were in the habit of watching this service or other services, and all of a sudden, other priorities. And there is nothing more that the devil wants to do is to wipe out churches, to, to take active, alive, Bible-believing Bible-preaching churches and all that were, that were praying together, that were meeting together, that were growing together, all of a sudden they've been sidelined. The devil loves this. But if you have training, say, what do you mean training? 
Jesus was taking his disciples. What was he doing with these 12 men? He was teaching them to be completely dependent upon him. That's what a disciple is. Philip should have answered that question. When Jesus approached him and said, what are we going to do about all these folks? How are we going to feed them? Philip should have said, you are the son of God. You are the creator of everything. You created these people. You supply and meet all needs, Jesus. I have no clue how we're going to feed 5,000, but you do. That is falling to your training. Jesus was trying to get these men to the point that they don't rise to the challenge. They fall back to the teaching. And the, the discipleship teaching is we truly Rely and trust on the Lord among anything that comes our way. Listen, no matter what happens here in quarantine season or this most unique time in our life, the pandemic, if that's what this is, we fall to Jesus. As disciples, we look to Him. We do not look to our government. We do not look to politics. We do not look to sports or school or anything, education is not going to solve anything. Jesus Christ is who we fall to. Look here at Nathaniel. That's Philip. Philip failed his test because he could not rise to the challenge. And we can't either. He should have felt fell to Jesus as being a disciple and just said, Jesus, you know how to feed these people because I know I don't. Nathaniel, what did he do? Nathaniel's name also means Bartholomew. Everybody's like, everybody in the Bible had two names. So if you read your Bible, you also see him called Bartholomew. He, he wrote off Jesus. He wrote him off. And I think what we want to see here, I put it up here on the board. When we make quick judgments about folks, that's dangerous for us. Look up here on the screen about quick judgments. Have you ever made a quick judgment? Remember, who's Nathaniel? He's the guy that said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? When we make these type of fast judgments about folks, we also will not witness the power of God and the presence of God and the working of God in our life. God might be using unlikely people. God might, and I wouldn't say might, He will use people that you did not expect in your life to teach, to minister, and to grow you as a believer. You know, I mean, I even think about our, our Tuesday night prayer meeting. Or not Tuesday, Wednesday night prayer meeting here. Night of prayer. Some of the most powerful, I, I had about a few of those lined up, but quite a few of those folks, that was impromptu. And that's some of the most powerful times of prayer. You come to the Lord. It wasn't prompted. And God uses people who aren't on the schedule, who aren't on the agenda, to speak to you. I mean, I think of Miss Pascaline here on Second Pew. She wasn't on the schedule. She prayed the most powerful prayer Sherry and I hop in the car to go to Baskin Robbins. First thing Sherry says is, Daniel, did you, 
Did you feel the power of Pascaline's prayer? Man, that was the presence of the Lord. That is unexpected. That not, was not on the agenda. That is what happens when God uses people you are not expecting to use. And I want you to know, when we make quick judgments about others, and I'm the worst at this. Quick judgments. This is what happens. This is what we do when you see somebody, people. Where are you from? This is what every one of us does this. Where is folks from? Where do you work? Are you married? Or are you single? Are you dating someone? You're like, what's their relationship status? And we live in the Instagram culture. What do you look like? Like, who is this person? Right away, what happens? We just run this filter through every single person we meet. And the problem with quick judgments is Nathaniel did it to Jesus. Where are you from? The guy's from Nazareth. Eh, he can't listen to him. He's not the Messiah. I have rejected him already. That is how quick Nathaniel rejected Jesus. The first question, he failed it. He's from the place I don't like. Because no, no, nothing good comes from Nazareth. And I think what God is teaching us is we also cannot write off other people. God maybe has put some unlikely people in your life. God has likely allowed some unusual events, especially during this time period, that you've come in contact with. And you need, maybe some new friendships or relationships have developed with the sole purpose of either you teach them about the Lord or God has brought them into your life to teach you how to know Him deeper. And I think for us, we need to guard ourselves that we aren't a Nathaniel. Because remember, Jesus, because don't miss this part. Nathaniel questioned Jesus from where he was from. Here it is. And remember, once he revealed to him about, hey, I saw you under the fig tree, what did Nathaniel do? This is the main point here. Nathaniel responds, You're the Son of God, you're the King of Israel. Look at these words. Now remember, we've already questioned, Nathaniel questioned Jesus. Jesus questioned Nathaniel. In verse 50, last verse we're going to read this morning. Look at this, look at online folks. Do you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? Do you believe Nathaniel? Do you believe Broadway? Do you believe online folks? Because I told you I saw you under a fig tree? Is that what your belief is based on? You questioned me. You ran me through this filter here and I failed your test. And here you've already confessed me as the son of God and the king of Israel. I question, Nathaniel, if you really have saving belief at this point. Just because I told you you were under a fig tree. And I think God asks us that question too. Why do we believe Jesus? Do we believe Jesus? Because He has called us.
He has saved us. He has, called, he has forgiven us. And He is discipling us to be in, in the men, women, boys and girls that are going to be disciples and follow Him. Why do we follow Jesus? What are you, what are you wanting out of what do you, Jesus is saying, what do you want from me? What, what do I have to offer to you? Because I, I, I know everything about you, Nathaniel. But what do you want from me? And I, and I want us to conclude why, Jesus were to ask us this question, why do you believe? How would we answer? I have a story here I want to share in closing. We're going to have our invitation here in a minute. Y'all know baseball begins on Thursday. We'll see if it really starts. It's supposed to start. No fans in the stands. It's going to be TV baseball only. And I was at ESPN.com yesterday reading, reading about baseball. And I, I'm, one of the teams I go for is Atlanta Braves. And their first baseman is named Freddie Freeman. Well, Freddie Freeman, he got COVID-19 like a week or two ago. And he is an all-star, great ball player. And here's what the article says. It says, Freddie Freeman doesn't know if he's going to be ready for the Atlanta Braves opener on Thursday. Following a scary experience with COVID-19, Freeman is grateful even to have a chance. On Saturday, which is yesterday, the four-time All-Star first baseman revealed that he had a high temperature of 104.5 while sick with the disease, and he prayed for his life. Here's his quote. Freeman said, I said a little prayer that night. I've never been that hot before. My body was really, really hot. I said, according to Freeman, this is his prayer, please don't take me because I wasn't ready. Please don't take me because I wasn't ready. Right now, he's only 30 years old. He's a young, 32 years old, young guy, great ball player. He wasn't ready. He was not ready to meet Jesus. He was extremely sick with COVID 19. And I think the point for us is both these men here, Nathaniel had wrote off Jesus right away. And then he, be, he offered a very weak commitment. And Jesus questioned that commitment. Philip offered what I call the practical excuse. So for us, we need to say, where are we at? Are we like a Nathaniel where we just say, uh, I'm Jesus from Nazareth, whatever. And we, write, we run him through our questions and he fails. Or we run him like Philip and say, we don't have the money. And we've all of a sudden... We've both men, Philip and Nathaniel, responded wrongly to Jesus. Jesus is asking you this morning. And he asked Freddie Freeman this question too. Are you ready? If you were to pass away, are you ready and prepared to stand before Jesus? If you're not, you can respond this morning. So I'm going to invite you to bow your head. Our online crowd wants you to bow your head at home or wherever you're at. And you close your eyes. I'm going to lead us in the sinner's prayer. And you can respond and be ready to meet Jesus 
when he calls you. Jesus, I want to be ready. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of what I've done. Forgive me of my unbelief. Lord, I'm yours. I ask that you come in my life and save me. Thank you, Jesus. From every day on, I'm living for you. In your name I pray. Amen. I want to hear from you. If you prayed and received Jesus this morning, as Chris shared, we have little connection cards here in your bulletin. You fill it out. Drop it in our black box here in the back. If you're online, you just, like Chris said, you just uh, say, I'm new. Send a message to the Facebook page, and we'll definitely be getting in touch with you. God wants to take you and make you into a disciple of him. So we don't respond like Philip and Nathaniel. We have total trust and confidence in the Lord no matter what happens. We're going to stand here and sing. Chris is going to lead us in a closing song. Later in the book of John in chapter 6, one of my favorite quotes comes from Peter. Jesus, some of the disciples are leaving and turning away. And Jesus basically looks at the disciples and says, are you guys going to leave too? And Peter says, Lord, where else would we go? You have the words of life. And so this morning as we close, my encouragement to you is that we find our sustenance, that we are sustained by Jesus. Let's sing together this morning. Jesus, you are enough. Jesus, you are enough for me with nothing i still have everything jesus you are enough for me jesus you are enough jesus you are enough for me with nothing I still have everything, Jesus, you are enough for me. Amen. We're certainly glad that you were with us this morning, folks, in person. We want to encourage you uh, to give as you exit. You can leave that at the Welcome Center in the black boxes. Uh, and if you're joining us online, don't forget you can give online anytime, and you can always text to give. Uh, guys are going to throw that on your screen right now, so you'll have that number in front of you. Thankful that you're with us. I'm going to pray for us, and we'll be dismissed. Jesus, thank you for this morning. We thank you that we have been able to come and to worship you, to exalt you above all others. Lord, we love you. We praise you for who you are. We pray that you would continue to guide and direct us. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you next week.